We consume and share news today that's largely rooted in social media outlets. The reason why it's crucial that we look at what's being discussed online from the hottest issues to trends for our daily social media minute. We're joined by Yerika. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm Erica? doing good. I'm it's doing a, well. It's a chilly Tuesday morning. Yeah, it's it's definitely I could definitely feel the chill as I walked <laughs> out of my house this morning. Autumn is upon yep. us. <laughs> Belatedly. We're wearing sweaters today. Yeah. Um it, it felt cold. Yeah. <laughs> for the first did. time in a long while. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's jump into undeniably probably the most talked about yes. event of the year. The uh, funeral. The funeral. Yeah. Um, I guess it makes sense. She was a great source of inspiration, mm-hmm. not just for locals, but clearly a lot of people. The story of 70 years of rule resonates with yeah. a lot of people, so we have to talk about the Queen's funeral procession. Yes. Um, you know, and uh, I have to say that uh, I, I read a, many, many tributes which were shared on the BBC website and uh, so so many people have said this. Uh, she was a Britain's queen, but she was also, you know, everyone's queen, the yeah. world's queen. That's how familiar uh, she had become over the 70 years she yeah. was on the throne to so many people around the world. And um, over the years, many people have become familiar with um, the things that she loved, including her dogs, the, the corgis. corgis. And, the corgis. Yeah, her hats. <laughs> And uh, her signature wave, of course. Mm-hmm. But uh, just uh, just a few hours ago, we witnessed a lesser known quirk of the Queen's life, which was uh, her bagpiper, the royal bagpiper. Now, for most of her reign, the Queen woke up every morning to the sound of bagpipes played outside, right beneath her window, and uh, at all of her homes, by the way, around the country. You learn and something new every Yeah, day. this is something that I found out for the first time. And for decades, the piper to the sovereign acted as a personal alarm clock. Uh, they played for 15 minutes every morning, as well as on uh, special state occasions as well. I've got to say, that's a tradition that I think most of us had no clue right. into, nor did this person have mm-hmm. an entire title, Piper yep. to the Sovereign. Yes. It, it's quite a, a point that the music that signaled the start of the Queen's mornings also signaled the end of her life. Yep. I guess it brings it to a full circle. That's right. Uh, the Piper played one final mm. piece titled A Salute to the Royal Fender Smith mm. as her coffin was lowered mm. into the Royal Vault beneath St. George's Chapel at mm. Windsor Castle. I, I do wonder, are bagpipers a royal tradition or was this role maybe created mm-hmm. by the Queen herself? You know, the role of piper to the sovereign dates all the way back to the reign of Queen Victoria. Uh, during a visit to the Scottish Highlands, she and her husband, Prince Albert, mm. became enamored of the sound and uh, since the role was created in 1843, there have been 17 chief pipers, eight of them are alive still to this day. Look at that. Yeah. I do wonder who was the piper then who played at the Queen's uh-huh. funeral. So the music was played by Pipe Major Paul Burns mm. of the Royal Regiment of Scotland, who took up the role last year as well at Prince Philip's funeral. Uh, thousands of tributes uh, were paid to the Queen this past week, but uh, one of the most moving tributes mm. came from Scott 
Methven, who served as the Queen's Piper between 2015 and 2019. Mm-hmm. And uh, in an interview with the BBC, uh, Methven said he was devastated to learn of the Queen's death, and he recalled the many moments of kindness the mm-hmm. Queen showed during his four years of service. He, he said that the Queen knew his name, the Queen knew his children's name. So it wasn't just this bagpiper playing for the Queen, and right. you know, she's the Queen, but right. uh, she was actually quite personable. Okay. to all of our staff, actually. And I think these are the stories that we, we sort of expect, yeah. um, the, the, the intimate relationships, maybe yes. closer to her homes, yeah. as you've said. Uh, he shared one particular personal story involving the Queen. Mm. He apparently lost both his parents and his wife within eight months while serving as the Royal Piper. And at the time, the Queen told him, you know, if you're not here in the morning uh, and you don't play the bagpipes, I know you'll be away. Uh, so just go home if your family needs you because family comes first. If anyone has a problem with that, you tell them that I said it was okay to go. Yeah. So, I mean, these are the stories that we live yes, on. Yes, exactly. Because we do have time and this was such yeah. a big story, mm-hmm. should we take a look at some of the familiar faces spotted sure. there? Sure. Among the familiar faces uh, from all around the world, in fact, you know, this funeral was dubbed the, the funeral of the century, uh, was actress Sandra Oh. Mm. Um, and uh, she was dressed in black. Uh, you know, you could see photos of her online at mm. the funeral. Mm. And uh, she had a Canadian badge mm. pinned in front of her uh, outfit. Uh, she was actually appointed to the Order of Canada as an officer in June earlier this year. I I had no idea. Yeah, that's why she was there. And uh, I also read that uh, one subway station Mm -hmm. in Paris, Mm -hmm. uh, subway station Mm -hmm. Georges V, temporarily changed to Elizabeth II in her memory Mm -hmm. on the day of her funeral. Uh, George V was her grandfather. Look at that. Um, As the world mourns the loss of a queen Mm -hmm. that has been a symbol of so much resilience, yes. I think, more than anything else, yeah. of unity for 70 years. Mm-hmm. I, I read this quote, and it's been retweeted so many times at uh-huh. this point. Grief is a price we pay for love. Yep. And I, yep. I couldn't level with mm-hmm. that more. Those are the words of the late Queen Elizabeth yes. II. Yep. All right, let's move on to another story because there's something to apparently celebrate on mm-hmm. this day as well. The 40th anniversary <laughs> of the world's first digital emoticon. Are you left wondering what is the world's first digital emoticon? Oh, it was very simple. It was a colon, a hyphen, and a close, close parenthesis. So it's a smiley face lying sideways. <laughs> That's right. Yes, exactly. It all started with a few punctuation marks typed on a college messaging board 40 years ago. So at 11.44 a.m. on September 19th, 1982, Scott Fallman made hit internet history by uh, piecing, stitching together <laughs> these uh, punctuation marks. And uh, he was a computer science professor at uh, Carnegie Mellon University. Uh, he posted the smiley face emoticon on the school's online bulletin board, uh, you know, that was a primitive kind of social <laughs> network yeah. compared to what we have now. Accessible only by others on the university's closed internet, and mm. um, it was limited to text only, of mm. course. Mm. And with that smiley face, dubbed the first digital emoticon by Guinness World Records, oh. uh, Fallman attempted to solve a familiar problem faced by today's internet users which is conveying sarcasm online. It's funny, right? Yep. Because even back in the 1980s it was it was about conveying emotions. Yes. Through rather simple punctuations, yep. but it was to convey more so sarcasm. Yeah. <laughs> 
So the smiling's and then, not so friendly. And the nuances yeah. of an emotion. Like, yeah. there are so many different kinds of smiley faces. Right, right. And Sometimes I wish I could do, kind of like in the scripts for actors, like yeah. open parentheses, this is how you're supposed to feel right? after reading my text. <laughs> it's not meant to be sarcastic in some cases. Yep, yep, yep. All right, I guess this all makes sense mm-hmm. when you're on a text-only internet medium. Correct. People can't tell if you're sometimes kidding or not. Yep, yep. And, you know, 40 years have passed, um, you know, emojis <laughs> and emoticons have become central to our conversations online. Mm. Texting, mm. Uh, there are currently more than 3,600 <sighs> emojis available for users to express their every emotion and uh, effectively address the original problem of uh, giving our words a deeper sense of embodiment, I guess. Okay, so <laughs> yes, uh, 3,600 is a lot because... Yeah. I, but I do get excited when they mm-hmm. add, I don't know, an avocado, yeah. an oyster. Like, yeah. Why do these things excite us? Are humans just really that simple? And then you I'm, know, recently, um, uh, uh, this, uh, I guess, or- organization, what should I call it? Uh, <laughs> Unicode that actually sets the standards for these emojis. They uh, submitted, uh, they they released new emojis, emoticons, oh. this past September and mm-hmm. added 20 of them, including a hair pick, a hair pick? and jellyfish. Oh, okay. <laughs> See? Why? Why do we attach certain emotions? Why does jellyfish excite yeah. me and ha- hairpin confusing? <laughs> exactly. Now, anyways, uh, it took quite some time for the, the original uh, emoticon to actually spread across America. It became big in mm. Japan first, really? and then it really caught up in uh, the U.S. Uh, Apple added an official emoji keyboard mm. available outside Japan in 2011, and that was a huge milestone that emoji experts credit as the true entrance of the characters into the American online lexicon. Emoji experts. You're not going <laughs> to chuckle at that. There, are, There's a group, but there's yeah, a body of people who there decide. There is whether a body of people. Are the, but I guess that makes sense because we're talking about communication mm-hmm. at large, right? How we speak to each other yeah. online. And What's emojis, your favorite uh, emoji? Avocado and oyster. <laughs> and I can't quite pinpoint why. Oh, it's really? useless, but I don't know. Yeah. I, I love this rather cliche. The world is your oyster. And when they added the oyster, uh-huh. God, perfect. Oh, yeah. you know one of the all-time, all-time favorite uh, emojis or yeah. emoticons yeah. Uh, loved by Americans is the smiley face. Mm. With you know, they're, they're laughing so hard they're crying. Oh, with the yeah. happy tears. The happy tears. Yeah. That's apparently the number one favorite no. after all these years. Really? Yep. Yep. I guess that makes sense. Anyway, all right, moving forward. Yeah, but anyways, <laughs> uh, you know, emoticons, emojis have also faced a lot of criticism over the years <laughs> for its lack of race, gender. Mm sexuality mm. and disability representation mm. and uh, yeah they're, they're, they're really trying to be more inclusive. inclusive that's sort of the note to take for any yeah. big organizations it turns out it's not just about the award shows yeah. and you're right when they added different skin colors yes. different types of relationship represented mm-hmm. I think that excited the people more than the avocado and the oyster yeah you know gender inclusive yeah. uh, couple options were only added in 2019 it's new it's very new it's very new yeah. did it come belatedly yes it's better late than never yeah yeah. yeah. alright on to our final story today now this one caught me by surprise as well Same. because I thought they were donezo, mm-hmm. but apparently reunions are Our a common thing, thing yep. in, in girl groups. Kara has confirmed to make a comeback for their 15th anniversary. Any Kara fans out there listening this morning? Hey. Yeah, it's official. They're returning with a new album in November. I mean, there were stories, uh, you know, 
out as early as June this year saying, oh, Card's going to make a comeback and it's their 15th anniversary. Well, now it's official. Okay, so here's the thing, because yeah. they make plans all the time and for it to actually come into fruition, yeah. it, it, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work because the girls are represented by different agencies. Yeah. They have conflicting schedule, different sure. interests. This is why I think 21 reunion earlier yes. this year excited us such a great deal. Girls' Generation reunion yeah. excited us a great deal. In case you are <laughs> maybe relatively new to the K-pop scene, the 15th debut anniversary means Kara made their debut back in 2007. Yeah. They certainly had a number of hit songs. Including Honey, Pretty Girl, Mr. Jumping and Lupin. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're talking about all members here because yeah. you have to remember that two members actually parted ways back in 2014. Nicole and Kang Ji-young will be joining Park Yuri, Han mm-hmm. seung and Ha Young-ji this time around for their new album. Oh, you're right, because Ha Young-ji was kind of a new addition yep. later on, so uh-huh. they're all going to reunite. I, I think that's exciting. What kind of songs will they make yeah. a comeback? <laughs> exactly, in 2022. <laughs> Anyways, go online on social media. They've posted photos recently. Mm. Uh, they've thanked their fans. Mm. Uh, yeah. All and right. we'll be seeing them a lot more often. As we send off Yerika, I guess it's only appropriate we change a song to Akara track. <laughs> of course. <laughs> See you tomorrow, Yerika. See you tomorrow. If you're listening to our program using the podcast service, just a reminder that we do go live Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Korea Standard Time. So tune in and help us make the show more informative by giving us your input. See you bright and early on Good Morning Seoul.